Welcome to the Script Bits podcast for Saturday, 29th October, 2022. Our bit today comes from Philippians 1, verse 6. And that says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which had begun a good work in you will perform or continue doing it until the day of Jesus Christ. Then it was that day, friends, the day we call Lazy Day Saturday. And have I ever been lazy this bright but chilly Saturday morning, despite having stuff to do? But it's also glorious to just laze around, especially in bed, and allow nothing to disturb your peaceful equilibrium. Yes. But life goes on, though. And if we don't want to get left behind, we cannot allow that lazy spell to continue for too long. So here I am, writing the bit, contemplating the quotes our friend Anselm sent us this past week as he aspires to inspire us for a better tomorrow. And the first quote says, the only limit to our realization of tomorrow will be our doubts today. And that has some truth to it, because if we are in a doubting frame of mind today, then tomorrow we'll not be as confident as we should be to move ahead with whatever God has planned for us. It's a definite fact that doubts today will affect tomorrow's outcomes. However, on the other hand, we need to remember Jesus' admonition about tomorrow, where he says, Take, therefore, no thought for the morrow, meaning, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil or trouble thereof. And we know that comes from Matthew 6.34. Yes, friends, we ought to consider tomorrow, but our concentration should be on today, on enjoying today as fully as possible, because what's called tomorrow will have its own problems, which can take care, which we can take care of when it's called today. Then this next quote tells us, don't be afraid, because you are going to be afraid. But remember, when you become afraid, just don't be afraid. <laughs> no, that's somewhat confusing. But in a strange way, it does have a certain amount of truth. Oh, we will all be afraid many times during our lives. It's just a natural fact of life. But the big difference lies in how we handle that fear. Some of us whimper and cower and are totally devastated by our fear, while others find courage to overcome their fear. I like how Sister Joyce, that's Joyce Meyer, puts it. She says, just do it afraid. No, that's easier said than done. But believers in Christ Jesus have the awesome power to do just that. Since our Lord and Savior, through his Holy Spirit, enables us to overcome the fear in our lives. Remember one of Jesus' favorite pronouncements was, fear not. And these two scriptures spoken by him give us the ability to handle fear. The first one says, peace I leave with you. 
my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Yes, my people, when we have the peace of God dwelling within us, through the power of his Holy Spirit, fear will come against us, but it will not incapacitate us. We'll be able to do whatever needs to be done in Jesus' will. Now listen to this other verse of marvelous fear limiting, which we all know like we know the first one there that came from John 14, 27. This second one says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. <laughs> wow! What encouragement from our Lord and Savior. We will all face troubles in this fallen and sinful world. But if we place our sincere trust in him, those troubles will not lessen our ability to, to do his will. And that's the second time we've said it in the last few lines. So let's hope it makes some inroads into our consciousness. And we all know that last verse there on peace comes from John 16, 33. Those are two of the biggest verses on peace in the good book that we all know, but we all don't practice. So there's absolutely no doubt that we will face fear and we will be afraid. But with Christ in our lives, that fear won't overcome us. We will overcome it. And this next quote leaves me scratching my head somewhat. It says, you have to be where you are to get where you need to go. I'm not sure what it's saying, but I believe it means, philosophically speaking, whatever point you are at in life, that's where you need to be if you're going to go where you need to be. <laughs> in other words, to get to your preferred destination, there's a certain place or places you must first pass through before you can get there. Now, this quote is much simpler and straightforward. You are never too old to set another goal or to dream a new dream. And that's the gospel truth, my people, especially if you are a true believer in Almighty God, because true believers never stop learning, growing, or dreaming. For once there is the breath or the spirit of God in their bodies, they can think, act, and dream. In fact, they are expected to think, act, and dream. And how did Bro Paul put it to the church at Philippi? He said, being confident of this very thing, that he which had begun a good work in you will perform or continue doing it until the day of Jesus Christ. You see, my brethren, God is going to continue growing us, continue making us into the likeness of Christ, until the day Christ returns to take us home with him. That means we are not to just sit on our laurels waiting for Jesus to come back, but to continue growing in his image every day that we are alive. And that also means dreaming dreams, setting goals, and actioning them until the very day we die. Now, is this last quote ever a marvelous one? It says, 
the simple act of listening to someone and making them feel as if they have truly been heard is a most treasured gift. Mamma mia, that's the truth in spades, my fellow believers. But sadly, not all of us can do it. Some of us just can't do without hearing ourselves talk. But sometimes, no, very often, all we need to do is listen because all our brethren need is a listening ear so that they can get their problems off their chests. And this scripture of Paul's second letter to the Corinthians enables us to do that if we take it seriously. But Paul says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforted us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble or tribulation by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Glory be, my people. And we know that comes from 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4. What a wonderful God we serve. Tell me now, which other supposed God comforts their people so that they can comfort others? Eh? None other than Jehovah God. That's one of the many reasons why he's so wonderful and why we love him so much. So please, today, as we go about his business, Let's take a moment to stop and give him sincere thanks for all the many blessings he so generously bestowed on us now in Jesus' name. For, as Brother David so eloquently reminds us in Psalm 103, where he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. And that comes from Psalm 103, verses 2 to 5. Now, my fellow saints, if that doesn't give us cause for much thanks and praise, then sadly, I don't know what will now. Much love. And the postscript for today says, Living for Christ offers both earthly and heavenly benefits, while living for Satan only offers the polluted and destructible benefits of earth. And that's the indisputable facts. Satan only offers what's down here. He can't offer anything else. And the end of Satan is the lake of fire. So please, let's wisen up, no man. Get ourselves together. Live for Christ and start to bring our world back to God. And we pray that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Please have a blessed Saturday, my people. Much love.